you what a tremendous uh, session we've already had on answering the question, why should we lead Pentecostally? Yes. And then how should we lead Pentecostally? And you and I have had just some a previous discussion around this topic. And I want you to highlight for the audience this, uh, this thought of be very intentional when you're thinking and leading Pentecostally about the atmospheres you place yourself in. And even that people carry certain as- atmospheres and what they have can like even like, I think you said rub off on you. Tell yes. us a little bit about what you mean by that and just answer that atmosphere question. Yes. You know, Paul told Timothy in, a, in, in this letter, he says, and it comes out in the Amplified Version, mm-hmm. Ricky. He says, practice, cultivate, meditate upon these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Yeah. And the context of it was gifts. So anytime you want to grow in a gift, it's important to understand that gifts of the spirit moving in the miraculous, the prophetic, hearing the voice of God, all of it falls in this one category. It is a skill set to be developed. Mm. It is a grace given to you, but you have to develop that gift. Yeah. And so as you grow in that gift, there are several things that Paul has given us. Yeah. You got to practice the gift. And so I say, you know, people say that fruit must be developed, but gifts come fully formed. That's actually erroneous. That That's is. not yeah. true. Yeah. Like the gift is perfect, but your ability to become fluent in yeah, it well, takes practice. So you got to practice good. it. Yeah. So the other thing is we see different examples of this is that Jesus called the disciples to be with him. Then he sent them out to do the miracles. Yeah. So it was this principle of association. We know like that, that Saul, King Saul in the Bible, the first reigning monarch of Israel, he got around the prophets mm-hmm. and he prophesied although he never prophesied again when he got in association. Yeah, that's good. So the Hebrew word for anointing is mashak. It means to rub off. Mm-hmm. And so God has purposely, I believe, placed this thing. So number one, we would grow and learn in community. Mm-hmm. And so as you get around people that flow in the prophetic, it is imparted to you. Mm-hmm. So the important thing is to get around individuals that are more gifted than you in an area. And as you get around, we, we, we see this in apprenticeships. Yeah. You know, how do people become electricians? Yeah, they go to school, but most yeah. of the people, they've apprenticed. They've worked yeah. for a master electrician, a master mechanic. So you get around people that are more, uh, in a sense, developed in their gifting yeah. than you are. Yeah. And then as you do that, there's a rub off. You observe it. And as you observe it, you yeah. begin to go in the closet and pray. Here's a great example. Yeah. How did Elijah get a double portion of Elijah? First was exposure. He was exposed to that anointing. Yeah. Then after the exposure, it led to desire. He desired it enough to follow him. Yeah. Then the desire became discipline. And then after the discipline, it became the manifestation. Oh, that's good. And so I think those are some yeah. of the principles. And so I have gotten around people and I've got in environments. Yeah. Intentionally. Intentionally. Okay. Certain things happen in certain atmospheres, right? Yeah. Uh, palm trees don't grow in Antarctica. Polar mm-hmm. bears don't run around Miami South Beach. Yeah. And so in that, I think the important thing to realize is as you get in certain environments, it will encourage the growth in that particular yeah. area. Yeah. So if I can get around the anointing, if I can get in atmospheres that encourage something. For instance, yeah. I had Mike Bickle tell me one time, I said, hey, I want to grow in the prophetic. And I said, hey, what can I do? And so he was giving me some things to do. And mm-hmm. he says, but maybe one of the biggest things is you need to get in an atmosphere that encourages it. Oh, wow. And if you can get in an atmosphere that encourages, that gift will be summoned, so to speak. It'll, it'll be pulled out of you. Yeah. And that's so key is to get in environments that empower the area in which you want to grow. Yeah. So you mentioned Mike B- Bickle there. 
Are there any others maybe in your formative years uh, when you were really trying to pursue and excel in the spiritual gifts that uh, you got around and you learned a valuable lesson maybe in the way you stewarded the spiritual gifts? No doubt. Mario Murillo was an early, uh, and still is, a mentor of mine. Yeah. And one of the things that I saw is that, number one, he was quick to give the glory to God. Like whenever he would get a word of knowledge, somebody would get healed, he would immediately stop and give glory to God. If he felt that there was too much human attention on him, he would stop it and direct people back to, to the Lord. Back to the Lord. And I always thought, wow, that, that stuck with me. And it was one of the things. He, he, I asked him, have you ever missed it? Meaning missed it, we're not talking to like, uh, <laughs> you know, when I say miss it, like maybe you say, hey, this woman over here, she's got this problem. Yeah. When in fact, maybe the woman is over there on this side of the room or whatever. Yeah. He says, Sean, I'll, whenever I would miss it, I would press into God and then I would major make it. And I began to realize that even if you miss it, if you just keep stepping out yeah, with God and good. taking risks, it, it really isn't a place that you think of it like, oh my God, this is, this is adversity in my ministry. No, it's not adversity. It's university. Yeah, it's an opportunity to grow and to learn because Hebrews 5.14 says solid food belongs to the mature. Context of that is revelation. Yeah. Solid food belongs to the mature. Those who by reason of use mm-hmm. have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So you just got to keep using it and mm-hmm. keep stepping out. So if somebody were to say, hey, Sean, I'd like to just uh, be around you, come and sit in some of your meetings. What would you hope that they would learn and get from just being in an atmosphere uh, where you're ministering before the Lord to the people? You You know, one of the things that I'd hope is they would sense a reverence for the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I want them to sense the presence of God. I want them to reverence and sense that reverence. But the other thing is, and and it may not sound initially as spiritual, but I think it's super huge, is that you have to be yourself. You know, I think I began trying to mimic and copy other guys, but God anoints a reality. It doesn't anoint unreality. Ooh, so so authenticity, when you're authentically who God's called you to be, that's the most anointed you'll ever be. Because yeah, oh I think when you're starting off, you know, I'm trying to be <laughs> Reinhard Bonnke. I'm trying to be Mario Murillo. Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. Hinn Catherine Hinn, Coleman. Hinn, Coleman. Hinn, I'm yeah. a man trying to be God. Yeah. You know, but I ultimately have to recognize, like David, Saul's armor, I'm not going to be able to walk oh, in it. Good. And that was yeah. David's term. I can't walk in this. Yeah. It's, it's I can put it on. You know, for a moment, but I can't walk in this. And if I can't yeah. walk in this, it can't become lifestyle to me. It can't yeah. become my norm. And so I think one of the biggest things is they find out that you can be yourself. There is a reverence. And the other thing is, is that you don't have to be perfect. Gifts aren't Ooh, yeah. wages, they're gifts. Yeah. So if I have to be perfect, then it, it, there's an implication that I had to earn something. Mm-hmm. You don't earn this. It's a gift. God bestows it. So you take it by faith. And we were talking a little bit in the car yeah. uh, you, by faith, you can receive it, but you have to have a revelation to walk in it. Yeah, so somewhere good. in scripture, somewhere in your dealings with the Lord, yeah. it has to go beyond just, uh, let's say, a scripture passage on a page. It, yeah. it needs to become reality to your heart. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, let, let, uh, one last thing. When I heard Reinhard Bonnke say this one time, uh, he said that I really didn't flow in healing and the and, and the and the the gift of the spirit of healing until there was a demand placed on that on me. Yes. And I think he got set up. He had a guest evangelist come. He said, I'm not supposed to speak. You're supposed to speak. And then he was like, what do I do, God? Uh, how, speak to that for you. And in, in the cultivation of the gifts of the spirit on your life, 
uh, were there just situations where it seemed like there was an element of risk and the demand that was placed on them that really pulled them out of you? Would, yeah, something like that? Or would uh, 100%. You say? I'm witnessing to intellectual college students and I'm flailing somewhat. I mean, I can present an argument, but I began to realize it was endless. Like the moment, you know, Solomon talked about this in Ecclesiastes, but the moment I would kind of present yeah. what I thought was an answer, it would spawn all these questions. So I began to realize I'm not going to win university students yeah. to the Lord on a better argument. And so what it did is it caused me to have to press into God. Yeah. And that happened a multitude of different ways. One time, you know, I had a, a, a group of fraternity guys that were mocking me. And I said, God, I'm, I'm either going to stand here and look like a fool or you're going to rescue the day. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for one of the Ooh, guys. Come on. And it, it shifted the whole deal. You know, another time, you know, a lot of times people don't talk about deliverance, but I, I was in a dark room. Long story how I got there, but I was trying yeah. to minister deliverance. I'm in a dark room with a demon-possessed uh, young adult. I mean, but he's a grown man. So he's 20s. And it's like either you have the authority to yeah, cast the devil out this dude or you're going to get beat up. This is going to be the yeah. seven sons of Sceva. Come on. And so in that anointing, it's funny. I know that Mario years ago tells a story. He was invited to Canada for a healing meeting. And he, he wasn't used in healing. He was, he was a youngster and he was yeah. just winning people to the Lord. He, he, he hadn't established, yeah. but this is how he would establish his healing meeting. And the guy says, hey, we're super excited. We're going to have a packed out crowd tonight. We're going to have so many people come in and they're so expecting. We're bringing the sick. They're letting people. Yeah. And Mario says, oh, wait, time out. He says, I don't have a healing ministry. And the guy says to him, you're more Cirillo, right? He says, no, I'm Mario Morello. The guy thought he I'm was the wrong guy. The wrong guy. So then the pastor says to Mario, you better get one before tonight. You better tonight. get one before tonight. Exactly. And that night, power of God showed yeah, up that's so and good. it launched his healing ministry. So you, you have to have a demand I placed that. upon that. It's that's so awesome. true. Hey, Sean, just thank you for today. And thank you so much uh, just for this extra little bit here, just talking to us about how to really cultivate the right atmospheres and the, and, the, and the benefit of that. And man, guys, this has been a wonderful school of the spirit. And I hope that uh, this has uh, deposited some things in you that hopefully will bear fruit over a lifetime.